Happy Mother's Day. Let's give all of our ladies a hand this morning. We love and appreciate you. Jackson said at the beginning of the service, we would not be able to function uh, on any day of the week without our moms and uh, their influence, their impact. And uh, thank you so much for your prayers, your encouragement. You never know the impact that you're going to have. I hope all of you ladies uh, got a uh, muffin and uh, kids as you were coming into church this morning. If not, grab one of those on the way out. They're never as fresh as they are the very first day, but I uh, want to encourage you. Uh, let you know we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Met several moms this morning that are, are visitors or guests today. Thank you for making time to be with us. Uh, some of you are here visiting your mom and you're in the building today. Thank you for being here. Uh, grandkids, uh, neighbors, friends, uh, love to have you in the service. Take your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, today is my mom's second Mother's Day in heaven, and uh, someone asked me the other day, they said, how are you doing with Mother's Day coming up? I said, you know what, I'm so thrilled to know that my mom is in the presence of Jesus, and she is not suffering, she's not battling uh, osteoporosis, she's not battling dementia, she has a sharp mind, and uh, the, you know, walking with Jesus, what an awesome thing to know that she is far better off than any of us today, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful for the impact that she had on my life. I knew that I had a praying mom, a mom who faithfully took me to the Lord in prayer and was lifting up my life, the life of my uh, two sisters and my dad, and I knew that uh, dad would say she was the glue that held everybody together. This morning we're beginning a six-week series entitled Me, We, Us, and it's on Relationships 101. So if you are uh, got some relationships to figure out, uh, there will be something I think that will encourage you over the next several weeks. And, you know, it doesn't matter what season of life you find yourself in today, there is something that will apply to your current season. So you might be here and saying, I'm a guy. It's Mother's Day. What does this have to do with me? Uh, I promise you, if you'll, if you'll follow and you'll uh, study the Word of God with us, you will find something that will encourage your heart and encourage you in the season of life you're in. We are created not to live in isolation. We are created for community, for relationships. And, and God created us to thrive within that community. And He wants us to understand how we all fit together and what God's purpose is, what His plan is, and how He uses one another to uplift the body of Christ. And, and relationships are so important for our health, for our, vi our vitality. And as a man or a woman, as a teenager, as a single adult, as a husband, as a wife, a father, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother, great-grandfather, great-grandmothers that we have out there. Folks, each of our relationships are so important. And the impact that each one of us has on a daily basis can't be calculated in human terms because, folks, it's something that goes on often for generations to come. And if you look at your kids, they're a chip off the old block. Uh, the, the phrase is, the apple doesn't fall far from the, the tree, all right? So a couple of you are awake. The apple doesn't fall far from the, from the tree. And so we, we tend to be like 
our parents at some level. Sometimes that makes us proud and we're, you have that big old smile on your face. And sometimes you're like, ugh, I don't want to be like my mom or I don't want to be like my dad. Or, and you know, we, we talk about certain characteristics and qualities. It's like, oh, uh, we've got this that's you know, a fry trait. Or you know, in, in, in our house, if it's something bad, I always say, that's a Lassiter trait. You know? uh, blame it on my wife and her family. And, and, and you know, for me, our family, she's like, there's certain things that are uniquely fried. She's like, you know, and she'll, we'll laugh at each other and, and poke fun at one another. But folks, this morning we begin with moms. And there's no singling out of moms. It just so happens that Mother's Day comes before Father's Day. So uh, I had a, a man years ago, he, uh, he's with the Lord today, but he used to tell me every year on Mother's Day, he'd come out of service and Bill Jones would say the same thing every year. He says, Pastor, that was a fantastic Mother's Day message. But I'm just letting you know, in about six weeks, it's our turn. So I want just as good of a Father's Day uh, you know, message, and I want you to knock it out of the park, and I want you to you know, bring it all home and make us feel that warm and fuzzy about being a dad. And, and don't, don't shortchange us in the, in the Father's Day. So Father's Day is June 18th. So I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. We're going to wrap up the series on the day. And I am going to just tell you now, don't miss it. Uh, in fact, uh, word on the street is my dad is going to be here that day, and uh, he is actually going to be doing part of the service that Sunday, and you are going to be absolutely encouraged. Uh, I'm just so excited. that uh, We've been working on it for a while, and the details are all coming together beautifully. We're excited to see, so don't uh, miss uh, Father's Day. But today's Mother's Day. President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day, and he established it for a time a public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers of our country. Where would we be today without mothers? One popular poem written over 150 years ago contains the line, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. So today we want to honor moms. We applaud not only your efforts, but who you are. And I'm thankful for the, the, the legacy my mom left behind for me. And if your mom is still alive today, take time to reach out let her know how much you love her how much you appreciate her how much you care for her and, and, and appreciate all of the influence and impact that she has had on your life having said that some of you struggle on mother's day and you might be tempted to say you know what i'm just gonna tune you out today because i i, I lost my mom and, and and the temptation is you know we miss someone and it's hard but maybe we have a or maybe you have a tough relationship with your mom and you struggle seeing the videos, the commercials on TV because it's pointing to a relationship that maybe you didn't have with your mom. Maybe things weren't that beautiful, rosy pictures and uh, you weren't looking through rose-colored glasses. Some have a mom who's sick and you wonder, you know, how long she has left. And maybe you're a single dad and you're, you're, you hurt for your kids as you watch them struggle without a mom. And some have experienced the devastating loss of a child and... Some long to be a mom, and they struggle watching other moms navigate Mother's Day. And I say all that to say, folks, we're, we're here to encourage you today. We're here to uh, lift you up and to know that God knows exactly where each and every one of us are. And I'm thankful His grace is more than sufficient to meet us in our very hour of need, in our very moment. And uh, others are grieving the, the direction of a, a prodigal child is taking, and mom and dad you've done your part now the Holy Spirit of God is there 
and will convict. He can draw them back to himself. And folks, the greatest tool you have is being on your knees in prayer and saying, God, you know exactly where my child is. You know exactly what it's going to take to reach them. God, would you send someone across their path? And I love how God knows so much better than we are. His ways are higher. His thoughts are always higher. And so he can, uh, some of you are a, a solo parent and you're raising kids by yourself, maybe without the support of dad or without the support of mom. Wherever you find yourself this morning, today's message should encourage each of us in our relationships. And there'll be things that each one can apply to our lives and those to the lives of those that we love. And whether you're that mom or, or, or grandmother, grandfather, dad, son, daughter, teenager, Whatever, each one of us have an opportunity to make an impact and leave a legacy behind for those that we love. Let me be quick to say, if you're not married or if you don't have children, you're not inferior in any way, shape, or form. Womanhood is not just about marriage or children. Your worth as a woman goes far beyond your marital status or whether or not you have kids. So as we begin, I want to give a shout out to all of those that are raising young kids. I saw one mom this morning walk in, and, and the look on her face was already pure exhaustion, and I think it was 9.30. <laughs> Anybody else want to say, let's just pause there for a second and recognize that's where we live. I mean, it's just pure, and she said, it's already been a morning. <laughs> and uh, you know what, I, I can totally identify, because I leave at 8.15 on Sunday morning, and and my wife is usually trying to resurrect the dead at our house, trying to get everybody up and dressed and out the door and get a smile on your face and like, don't say anything mean. Don't, don't hit your sister. You and it's like that constant feeling of turmoil getting out of the house. Some of you battling bedtimes, morning routines, and wondering when the whining is going to stop. Yesterday as we were going... Uh, out for a, a nice evening for dinner and you know as a dad and you're trying to do something nice for your your wife for Mother's Day and you're like we're gonna call and make reservations that probably should have happened like a week or two ago because if you're looking for reservations for today let's just say it ain't gonna happen I mean he might want to do a drive-through and uh, I laughed at my, I poked my wife last night I said we went out last night and had a, a nice meal but I said Tomorrow, I'll pick up whatever drive-thru you want in town. Just let me know. I'm, 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 I'm your guy. I'm going I'm to make sure we have lunch at the Fry household today. So probably Bojangles. But anyway, that's where we're, gonna, that's where we're at. But you know what? There's something about having those relationships, juggling all those schedules, running on emotional empty. Many of you can rate in Proverbs 31, 15, she rises while it is yet night. Let's look at the comforting words of Isaiah 40, verse 11. It says, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. May you experience this morning that sweet gentleness of the shepherd as he leads you as a mom, as a grandmother, as a father, as a husband, to lead your little ones in your care. And over the next uh, over our text this morning, I want us to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 as Paul is encouraging a, a grandmother, a mother, and a son in their relationship and the impact and legacy that they're able to have. As we learn about the impact of, of Timothy's mother, whose name was Eunice, and his grandmother named Lois, 
Paul gives them a shout out. Imagine this is at a time where most women weren't ever mentioned by name, and yet he calls them by name and gives them a, a, a shout out in the Word of God. And we can say it like this a mom can make a real spiritual impact and leave a legacy for her children with or without the help of a dad. The Apostle Paul was a mentor to young Timothy. Paul saw firsthand the impact that these ladies had on Timothy's life. He had become a partner in the gospel, and Timothy is now pastoring the church at Ephesus that Paul had helped plan, and he's serving there at Ephesus. Paul had written a previous letter known as 1 Timothy, and, and now years later, Paul wrote another letter called 2 Timothy. And I said it last week, if Paul were still alive today, we'd be getting a letter, all right? The church in America would probably have a whole new New Testament. I mean, we'd be getting so many letters about all the details of what's gone wrong in the church in America. But folks, let's look at our text this morning and let's dive into what God has in force. First, 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning of verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, my beloved child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of the sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and now he says, I am sure dwells in you as well. Father, would you speak to our hearts? God, encourage each and every person in this building. We're not created to live on an island in isolation, but God, you created us for community, for relationships. God, as we look at the relationship of the mother, of the grandmother, or of the parent, God, would you encourage our hearts this morning? Lord, we have such an opportunity in 2023 to Put down the cell phone, turn off the TV or the computer or the game system, and have a conversation to impart truth, to speak the truth of God's word, to encourage, to pray over, to bless our kids. God, would you just speak to our hearts this morning, challenge us. God, show us areas that we need to change, and God, help us to be moved by the Holy Spirit this morning. God, as you want to move in our hearts and lives, Lord, may we be men and women that would leave a major impact on the next generation? Would we leave a legacy behind that would impact future generations with the gospel of Jesus? God, for those that may not have a personal relationship with you, God, I pray most importantly today that they would know that you love them and you're for them, God. You have a, a desire to transform their lives, God. And Lord, I pray that this morning you would convict them and they would confess their sins to a holy God and begin a personal relationship with Jesus today. For that, we'll be careful to praise you and give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, amen. <clears throat> Most of Paul's letters were written to churches or groups of people that were gathered in the early New Testament church. Many of those he helped start, but here he singles out Timothy, and he, he calls him, he says, his beloved child. He wasn't his actual physical child, but it, it was honoring him and referring to him as someone who was highly valued. And he challenged Timothy in his walk with God. And he says, so he's recognizing and acknowledging all that has taken place in bringing Timothy to where he is today. And he says, I'm praying unceasingly for this young pastor. Notes, never underestimate the impact 
of what you can do in encouraging a young person. Because you might be encouraging the next uh, Billy Graham. You might be encouraging the next Jackson Flieger or the next Matt Williams or the next David Fryer or Lacey Fryer, whoever it might be that you're impacting Holland, uh, uh, that you're impacting them with the gospel. And folks, as you're investing in them, as you're teaching a, a, a Bible story lesson or leading a song or teaching a preschool class or, or, or working in youth ministry and Folks, there are some very highs in youth ministry. There's times that you are having an absolute time of your life. And I absolutely love those moments and still look back fondly on youth ministry. There's also some very lows in, in student ministry. And, and getting a call in the middle of the night that one of the teens in your youth group has been arrested. And, and you've got to go down to the county jail. Not one of your proudest moments as a, as a, as a youth pastor. But folks, it happens. And... And you deal with uh, the good and the bad. Folks, we have an opportunity to impact the next generation. As Paul writes these words, he's writing from a prison cell in Rome. He remembers Timothy's sincere faith where it got its foundation. As I was reading this week, it was talking about the prison cell. And it was basically like a dungeon. And there was a little hole in the ceiling where they would pass food and water. But by and large, it was like solitary confinement. And folks... As I was sitting there, I'm so claustrophobic, I was sitting here just going, how did Paul survive? How did he make it through the season? It was by encouraging others, by praying for others, by writing letters to others, to making the most of the opportunity that God had given him to make an impact. His mind immediately fills with the memories of two missional moms, Eunice and Lois, these ladies made a huge impact. As Paul reminisces about the relationship, he recalls that Eunice was raised, uh, being raised in a Christian home, and she was greatly impacted by her mother Lois. They lived in Lystra or Lystra, a pagan place filled with idol worship. And this was so countercultural as they were going against the grain of everything that was happening in their city. And she loved hearing stories from the Bible and and enjoyed gathering with the early church and, and learning about God. Timothy's father was an unbelieving Gentile. His mother and grandmother were Jews who came to faith in Jesus. But the result, it was a result of a deep-rooted faith that started in Lois, was passed down to her daughter Eunice, and then ultimately to young Timothy. And he's saying there's a direct correlation between the impact of generations of leading a legacy, leaving a legacy for that next generation. Each of these ladies thought about the impact of their words, the things that they said, their actions. And folks, when I think about what we can pass on to the next generation, especially our own children, nothing is more important than that deep-rooted faith in Jesus. Eunice approached her teenage years. She became attracted to a... Uh, Gentile who is not a believer. I can only imagine Lois was going, ain't no way. You're not going to date him. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Not, not in this house. And Eunice was, she knew better, but she was like, man, that guy, he is good looking. I mean, and, and you know, so I, I hear, I've got two girls, two teenage girls and two teenage boys in my house. And I, does he got abs? Does he got abs? I'm like, 
Somebody that has abs like that either has super good genetics or you don't want to be anywhere near them because they're all about themselves. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, and so I'm, I'm picking on you if you have abs. But at the end of the day, I've never had that problem, so I don't have to worry about it. But, you know, anyway, but this week we had, they were paving out of the parking lot. And I came in and I was like, what's going on there? Whew. Those men out there in the parking lot doing that paving, they are good. I mean, the, I think every teacher had their blinds open in the building. They were all staring out there. and I mean, talk, drooling. They're like, man, there's some good looking going on outside. And I walked in and I was like, I know what y'all been up to. I mean, y'all haven't been in your office getting any work done because everybody's staring out the window. But at the end of the day, Eunice kept looking around going, ooh, he is good looking. And she marries him against the word of God, against the counsel of her mother, of her family, she marries an unbelieving Gentile because he had abs. <laughs> Pay attention, young people. That's not God's plan. It's not God's plan. Missional dating or missionary dating is never God's plan. All right, it's not, it's not only date a potential mate. We teach our, our kids all the time. They must be a follower of Jesus. And missionary daddy is not God's plan. But after a couple years of marriage, Eunice and her husband had a baby, and they named him Timothy. And in the meantime, Eunice's uh, dad died. And so Lois, the grandmother, came to live with Eunice and her husband. Both his mother and grandmother would spend hours teaching him the word of God, praying with him, and discipling him. Look at verse 5 in our text. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And he says, now I am sure dwells in you as well. Paul had already used the word remember twice. Now he, he writes the word I'm reminded, which is a bit more active. It means, he says, when I call to remembrance... Or more literally, having received a reminder. And, and I'm constantly, someone to come out of church and say, Pastor, will you, rem will you pray for such and such? And I try to pray right then if I, if I have a second. Otherwise, I'm like, text me. Because after every single one of you come out and share something with me at the door, I can't remember. It's just my brain at this level. But you know, I can't remember, so I'm like, text me. Because... I will do my absolute best to lift them up. If it's just an individual, let me know their name so I can pray specifically for them. All of this happened, and he says, I remember your sincere faith. He says, when I call to remembrance, have a reminders. Paul is reminded of Timothy's sincere faith. He recalls, wait a minute, I remember his grandmother. I remember his mother. There's a reason Young Timothy is where he is at today. Folks, God has been working in his life for years because of the investment of leaving a legacy and impact. He says, a faith that dwelt in your grandmother and in your mother, and I'm sure dwells in your life. Faith that make a guest appearance a couple of times at their house at Christmas or Easter. Let that sink in for just a moment. Because folks... If you just go to church on Christmas and Easter, you don't have kids that go on to serve and live for God. It just does not happen. And, and folks, they weren't a snowbird Christianity. It wasn't a snowbird Christianity for Lois 
and I almost said Clark, Lois and Eunice. I mean, it wasn't, the, my brain is like on overdrive this morning, but the ADHD is kicking in. But the reality is that I lived in Florida for a number of years, and there are people that all during the, the winter months are in sunny Florida, enjoying the, the beautiful sunshine. And then when it gets to be uh, late spring, early summer, they're heading back north to Vermont or New Hampshire. And, and they New York, and they stay up there, and we call those people snowbirds. You're not going to have a deep-rooted relationship with Jesus if you're a snowbird Christian. If you're one that only makes church a priority when it's convenient, when in the optimum temperatures and everything is perfect in your life. No, it's something that's deep-rooted. It's a faith that's alive, that's active, that's well, that's, that's growing. And let's examine the impact and legacy that each of us can have. First of all, encourage those around you. Verse 3, encourage those... In our relationships, he says, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors. Whom I, uh, uh, he says, with a clear conscience is I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Whether or not you're a mom or not, take time to encourage those that are around you. Those that you have an influence on. Paul was sitting in prison. He knew his time was limited and yet he said, I'm going to take time to pen a letter to Timothy. I want to encourage him because there's going to have some hard days in ministry. I want to encourage his mother. She did the right thing. I want to encourage his grandmother. She did the right thing. They had the opportunity to make an impact. Many of his friends and former ministry partners like Demas had abandoned him. And early on, John Mark had abandoned him. And then he came back and was useful for ministry again. But he takes time to remember that faith of Timothy Eunice and Lois. He encouraged them. He took time to write to them and let them know what a blessing they were in his own life. Sometimes we need to take a moment to write a card. I just want you to know I was thinking about you today. Every, every week I, I write cards to guests who come through our door. and You know what? I want you to know that we care about you, and we, we recognize that you're here, and we're thankful for the opportunity to minister to you, but we also want to encourage you. We want you to know that we're praying for you. And folks, sometimes taking a moment to send a text, I just wanted you to know I'm praying for you. Uh, there's a, a, a friend of mine I met many years ago in, in Fort Worth, Texas, and his name is Alan Smith, and he's a, a police officer. And he, I met him on a mission trip to India years ago, and later on in Romania, I saw him again, then I've been down there and preached before and had a chance to meet him in person. And, and over, the, over the course of the last several years, about every three or four weeks, Alan will take a moment and he'll text me and say, Pastor David, I want you to know I'm praying for you today. If there's anything specific that I can lift up before the throne of God, let me know. I'm so thankful for your ministry. And, you know what that does for a pastor who sometimes you just get bogged down in the day-to-day -day routine and it, it becomes hard and especially over the last three years it gets hard and you're like I just need to and, and it's encouraging and Paul's saying he took a time to write a letter he took time to write a note or send a text or send a message and saying you matter I care about you I care about the struggles that you're facing I care about the needs of your family, of your life. And, and so Paul was in prison. He could have easily thought he had been forgotten, that his impact would sometime lessen 
in, in prison. Instead, he had time to encourage the saints. So maybe you're retired and you say, I can't get out and go on mission trips and travel in some of the places when my health was better. Take time to bake a meal and, and get with Jill. And you know what? I was just talking to her a few moments ago. She's helping take food and meals and organize people to take meals to people who are having babies or who've had a loss in their family or maybe they've had surgery recently and to encourage you and say, you know what, you're not in this alone. We are here to encourage you, to support you, to, to lift you up and that's what it's all about. And make time to encourage one another. Then secondly, start with your own family first. Verse five, Grandma Lois pointed out her appointed her own daughter Eunice to faith in Jesus. What a gift. Then Eunice modeled her own faith to her son Timothy. And Paul realizes the impact that was being had over multiple generations. Years worth of conversations, prayers, scriptures, uh, influence, modeling, Christianity, mentoring, pouring into lives. All those conversations... He had been had over generations. I've always heard it said, the, the proof of whether you're a good parent is not just in your kids, but in your grandkids. I don't know about you, that scares me half to death. But if you think about it, how well do we pass down to our children, and are they passing down to their children? Wow. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a tall order because... Did they, did they get it? Did they catch it? Did they understand it? Are they, did they own it? Make it their own? Are they passing it down to their, next ki- to their kids, their grandkids? How well did they pass it on what you taught to them? The principle is to focus on the faith formation in your family first because they're your closest neighbors. They're the ones that you love already. They're the family members, and sometimes they're the hardest people to reach is your own family because they do know you. But the character of our children tomorrow depends on what we cultivate in them today. Folks, you can give them every luxury that money could possibly buy, and you cannot make a relationship or follower of Jesus. All of the, the, the accolades, all of the degrees, all of, we can put them in every single sport known to man, and they can excel and have trophies that you would have to build uh, entire trophy rooms to put all of the awards and ribbons. And I said something to my daughter last year. She was winning all these awards and trophies and, and things, and I was like, we're going to have to build a whole daggone trophy case. And she's like, all right, you know, come on. Uh, but I, I'm not going to do that. But the reality is, it's like we could give them all of these legs up, so to speak, pay for all of the tutoring and making sure they're getting good grades. None of that takes the place of investing in their walk with Jesus. Cultivate that character of, being, of putting Jesus first in your life. Moms, your first and most important mission is ministry into your children. Stop worrying about getting the perfect picture to post on social media. Am I right? Guilty right here. Right here. The, the whole yard looks like total 
crap. Well, so excuse my language this morning. Total crap. And you find that one flower and you zoom in and you turn it just so. And you get a picture and it makes you look like your house looks like Biltmore. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody does that. Your house does not look like the Biltmore Estate or the White House. The reality is that sometimes we... we Everything is tuned to just the, the right angle so that it'll see our three chins or the age spots and all the other things. I mean, if you look like a, a model, chances are none of that's real. I mean, uh, it's just not. I mean, let's just be real. And so we're trying so worried about what everybody thinks of us online. The reality is, is what are we really investing in the real relationships I saw a, a, a video earlier this week, and it talked about a mom who packed up her two kids and went to the neighborhood pool, and, and she set everything out and had all these perfect pictures, and the kids were like, Mom, let's get in the water, Mom, let's get in the water, Mom, let's get in the water. Say, hold on, I'm, I'm trying to take some pictures, and she's taking pictures, and they said the kids never actually got in the water. Mom packed up all of the stuff, and she got her pictures, and they left. Is it, am, I, am I right? So often we're so worried about creating the perfect look. But you know what? I, I saw just the other day a friend of mine from college. He said, we only post the things that we want people to see about our life. And he said, I'm embarrassed to say that my wife and I are no longer together. And we're getting a divorce. And he said, I'm posting this because for the last three years, all we've posted is the pretty parts of our life. And the reality is it's not been very pretty. Folks, that's hard. Here's a person I love. We were roommates in college. He stayed at my house. I mean, how? one Sunday he... I was sitting, we were next door in the building. I was up there on the platform getting ready to preach. And the, the music guy that was right beside me, I said, that looks like one of my college roommates sitting out in the service. He's like, there's no way. He lives in Israel. He, he, he's not in the U.S. And we had a little handshake time. You know how good Baptist churches have that fellowship time. And I, we went out there and I was like, I called his name and he called my name. And I was like, what are you doing here? He said, I'm in Raleigh on business. I thought I'd surprise you. I was like, well, I'm surprised. Didn't work out. 22, three years of marriage. How do these things happen? Folks, if we don't invest the things that are most important, that discipleship must start, the love your neighbor must start at home. It must start with our children, cultivating that relationship. And folks, we're all guilty of projecting that everything's perfect, but the reality is we've got to invest in the relationships that truly matter. Then thirdly, our faith is both taught and caught. Verse 5 of uh, Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter 1, he's ultimately challenging. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelled in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and now, he says, I'm sure dwells in you as well our faith is both taught and what church they're watching the kids are watching our influence 
The impact that we have is far beyond Mother's Day 2023. The impact goes far beyond that one conversation or that one opportunity to impart wisdom or truth. Folks, never underestimate that impact and and how it's going to change someone's life. Lois taught Eunice, who taught Timothy, and he caught their faith because he saw their relationship with Jesus. And I love how Paul puts all the pieces together, showing how I'm sure, he says, now I'm sure it dwells in you as well. People may listen to our words, church, but they watch the way we live to see if it's genuine and real. I can promise you our kids are watching. They're listening to what we say, but even more importantly, they're watching to see what we're actually doing. Is there something to a faith in Jesus. And I said years ago, I said, I watched someone who went, who had faithfully led her family for years and then was dealing with some own struggles of her own. And she was like, just lost all hope. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, all these years, you've talked about faith in God and trust in God. And now you get to show people what that looks like. And you're like, I don't know where he's at. I don't, how do it's, it's all about leaving that impact, making an impact. If mom and dad only have a Sunday morning relationship with Jesus, once a month going to church kind of relationship with God, can let me just tell you and give you the 411 now, they're not going to follow your faith. They're not going to follow your faith. They'll never follow. It must be taught and it must be caught. And then fourthly and lastly, even in a less than perfect situation, you can make an eternal impact. Do you notice it does not mention anything about a father in any of these verses? There's no mention of, oh, by the way, Timothy, your dad and all that granddad. I mean, they were warriors for the, for the kingdom. They, they were championing the cause of, of church planning and pioneering. No, there's no mention of them. It was a faithful grandmother. It was a faithful mother who was praying who is investing, who is pouring in, having the right relationships with their children. Some of, some of you might be step-parents, adoptive parents, foster parents. Do you realize you have an even greater opportunity to make an impact? Because probably no one else is speaking the truth of God's word into their lives. You never know what may take root in their hearts and their lives of those around you. God has uniquely gifted us each to make an impact. Moms, you have a mission. Take the long view approach, which stretches beyond carpools, ball practices, changing diapers, cooking dinner, and surviving Beth and bad t- ba- uh, Beth bath and bedtime. Uh, the mouthful and su- surviving all of those things. I mean, on any given day, I mean, one of those can be enough to completely just. Turn life into chaos. Mix all of those. As exhausting as your role is, God gives us the strength through the Holy Spirit of God to lead with confidence, to lead with character, lead with conviction. And folks, you, you've got it. I can honestly say it's extremely difficult, it's messy, but what you're doing as a mom matters more than you can possibly imagine. Those kids are watching you, and folks, sometimes it's through tears 
that they see the faith that's displayed in your life when you make a decision to live for Jesus when everybody else is giving up, everyone else is throwing in the towel, everyone else is turning their back. It can be difficult, but folks, it matters. As we study how Timothy's faith was impacted by his mother and grandmother, we find encouragement to do the same. Say, Pastor, what's the application? Let me encourage you this morning. Plant seeds of salvation. Plant seeds of salvation. Sow those seeds. The last several weeks we've been uh, nurturing a, a garden, but every one of those plants came from seeds. Miss, Miss Callahan gave us some tomato plants and some pepper plants that she grew in her greenhouse. And, uh, and we bought a few other plants and, and we've, we're growing those things in the garden. We're fertilizing them. We're watering them. It's getting sun and, and, and rain and all of those things. But folks, we're sowing those seeds. We're pouring in the ingredients to have a successful harvest one day. The same should be true in instilling faith in our children. Faith must be delivered to the next generation. When mothers model genuine faith, salvation can be sown in fertile soil in your child's heart. Timothy heard the gospel, but you know what? He still needed to repent. He needed to turn from his sin. He needed to receive salvation in order to be saved. Those seeds of the gospel were sown by godly women who planted, sowed, they took root, and ultimately led to his salvation. I wonder this morning, how fertile is the environment in your family of nurturing authentic faith in your children? How fertile is the soil in, in, in nurturing in your grandchildren the gospel of Jesus Christ? I've always noticed some people have just incredibly green thumbs and whatever they plant, it just, don't you hate people like that? I mean, their, their plant flowers are just bigger than everybody else's. They're better than ever. They're green. They're, they're beautiful. They're, it, it's every season. I mean, everywhere you turn in, their, in their, their garden, it's just like, what in the world? And Some people just have a gift for that. The reality is, he says, I, I, I watch and the people that do that, it doesn't happen by, they're researching online how to make roses bloom. How do you make this do this? And how do, I was talking to a family the other day, and he was cross-pollinating flowers. And I'm like, that's like a level of crazy I will never understand. But he made some of his own flowers. And I was like, dude, that's pretty awesome. But you're retired. The rest of us have to work. But, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like thinking, how that happens is countless hours investing in those plants, in that yard, in that lawn to look like a golf course. But the same thing is true in our children. If we want their faith to flourish and to see them grow and mature and become a follower of Jesus who understands the truth of the gospel and then passes it down to the next generation and makes an impact for the kingdom. Folks, it doesn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by putting on autopilot or sitting on the back burner to simmer. No, it happens when we're intentional and we take opportunities to have conversations 
and to show, sow seeds of the gospel. Talked to a, a couple in our church recently who moved here from out of state. They said, we moved to Raleigh because we want to be close to our, our kids, but really our grandkids. We know how it is as grand. <laughs> Not a grandparent yet, but once we had grand, once we brought uh, kids into our family and my parents became grandparents, it was kind of, they could care less about us. <laughs> Just let us see the kids. Let us see the grandkids. But the reality is that investing, we want to invest in them and see them come to know. Folks, what a joy. What an awesome privilege. And if you, if you got to be close to your grandkids, soak that time up. Take every opportunity to spend time and have an impact. That's what it's all about. Then secondly, share God's word. Not only just sowing the seeds. Share God's word. Grandma and mom not only planted the seeds of salvation, they shared the scripture. In 2 Timothy, if you go over two more chapters in chapter 3, it says, but as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and from how from a childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, the scriptures, the holy word of God, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in who, church? Christ Jesus. The phrase from whom is plural referring to how a mother and a grandmother intentionally taught Timothy the Word of God. The word childhood refers to from a newborn baby or a toddler. Lois and Eunice teamed up to provide the best Bible training for a young Timothy who would eventually become a pastor one day. Even before he could crawl, he was being homeschooled. What an awesome picture. Even those who serve in our nursery, our kids' ministry, our, our student ministry, you have an opportunity. You may not even have kids of your own, but you have an opportunity to impart the Word of God to people, and you never know when you're impacting them will have an, uh, an eternal impact. These ladies' faithful impact led to Timothy receiving Christ and having an entire lifetime to serve Jesus. Mother, it's, it's never too early to start teaching the Bible. It's also never too late to start if you haven't already. It's important for parents make sure our children are hearing the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of God. Church, Timothy lived in a pagan culture under the roof of a pagan father, and yet he heard the Scriptures from the point of being a baby. If you're a mom, a grandmother, you're on a mission. The values you leave your children and grandchildren are more important than the valuables that you could possibly ever leave them. Let's determine this morning to make an impact on the next generation. Let's leave a future for the, the children, encouraging them in their faith to walk and to follow Jesus that know that they can trust him no matter what happens. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He won't fail us. He's for us. He loves us. He has a heart for us. He wants to invest in us. Church, he is the one who empowers us. Mom, it's not up to just you. You cannot do this on your own. You need the Holy Spirit of God empowering you.
Step into that role that God's called you to. Be the leader. Be the, le- the, the, the one who's investing and pouring in your kids and your grandkids. And church, only in heaven will we understand the full impact of a legacy that's left behind. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts this morning?